What's up, everybody? Welcome into this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. It's been a while, but Hunter finally got back from his uh, three-month-long backpacking excursion through Southeastern Asia. And so he decided to grace us with his presence today and record a podcast. So here we go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. They're the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts can help find the best mortgage solution for you. They can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. They have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process online, and it's easy, and, and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. They can be reached at Raider at primeres.com, through the website at www.lendingwithpassion.com, or by phone at 214-736-9466. So get in touch with them for, for any of your needs for anything like that. All right. Welcome back to the weekly podcast of From Here It's Potable. We figured, you know, with the Supreme Court stuff going on, now would be a good time to get back into the podcasting game. So uh, it's to talk about abortion and Roe v. Wade. We have Hunter Davidson here. How's it going? Going good. How are you? Good. The the floor is yours. Take it away. (laughs) I I was thinking there's the best part about this podcast and just the platform that you bestow upon me is that no one listens and I have access to the data and I can confirm that no one does listen. And the, the reason why that's good is like, you know, we can, I can say things on here that I wouldn't even really say to, in, to anyone in public, like, cause there's no repercussions. You could and just so like, like you could like go to the you could go to the EEF and just read that verbatim like it was your opinion. Exactly. And so when we're talking about maybe delicate subjects like guys leaving, uh, and maybe I have like some out out there theories about them or some maybe controversial opinions, I can say them here, and it's a safe space for me that's because true. it's just our manifesto. Yeah, that's probably a good place to start because you put out on Twitter a quote that I've said on multiple occasions. So I'm not going to back down from it, but the gist was that I'm done with college basketball. If Kevin McCuller plays at another school. Um, and it was funny because several of the responses to that tweet, like, I think they wanted me to be old man yells at cloud. Like, why are these college athletes getting paid? And like, that's not my opinion, but Twitter is not the place for a nuanced opinion. Like my, my idea is like, I mean, you, <clears throat> we saw it kind of reported on the Baylor board, that like Matthew Meyer, I don't even know his name. Is it Mayor Meyer? Meyer. Yeah. Meyer and McCuller are considering going to Kansas together. And it's like, that would, like I, I told you, is like, I almost want that to happen so that the brightest of lights gets shown on like, what is happening to this stupid sport? Like, you know, like I want to be able to root for guys. I want to be able to hate guys. 
And I don't care if they're getting paid or not, but this just free agency of it all, I just don't like it. <laughs> like, I feel like that's an okay, like I can be okay with the reality of it and, and like agree with the, the process of it, but I can not like it. I think that's an okay opinion to have, maybe not on Twitter, but I feel like it's an okay opinion to express on this podcast. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't, yeah, it's weird. I kind of like it. I'm like way out there and just because number one, it's interesting. You know, yeah. there's, there's a whole lot to follow. Um, like tip, you know, the basketball off season is prior to this was super boring. You know, now it's, there's a whole lot going on, but I really, the main reason I kind of like it is because tech is like somewhat well positioned to, yeah. to benefit from it. I'm, I mean, we do well with transfers. We have a group of, uh, people that are willing to fund NIL deals and we can make super, super competitive offers. I know that, that uh, Baylor Shireman guy who everybody wanted, he's going to Creighton. Yeah. I saw, um, I don't know if, if he would know that, know this or not, but Jerry Hamilton on Texas posted that he got 300 K and he kind of said it in a way like, yeah, this is what we're dealing with. You know, we're not, Texas isn't going to pay like that, but we, we paid pretty competitive numbers, you know, so I, mean, I don't know if we paid, 300k but it's pretty close to guys. I mean yeah those those Texas boards basically came out and said like the mods over there like we we weren't willing to pay what tech paid for their guys that they wanted did they want both of the or which transfer they just wanted AMAC okay yeah, yeah. and they, they basically said like we weren't willing to go where they went and I was right. I mean when you sent that I was like what world are we living in that Texas Tech is going somewhere financially that Texas isn't willing to go. <laughs> and that's why that's why part of me likes it. It's interesting and Tech can benefit from it. Uh, but we're seeing the bad side of it too, I, you know, with, with guys leaving. Although those are strange deals. Like, you know, with McCuller, and, and I'll say this, you know, some of the stuff I'm going to say, I'm kind of detaching. I This podcast is no longer a Red Raider Sports podcast. At least... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like none, none know, of the stuff. I don't know if that's how it works, but sure. Well, let's, let's none of the stuff that. I'm saying is coming from Ben Golan or a Red Raider sports, sports source. You know, I know some other people, and sometimes they're totally wrong. So yeah. some of the stuff I'm saying could be totally wrong. Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say because I mean, a lot of the times I think people think that if it's coming out of someone on Red Raider Sports, it's coming from Chris Level. Yes, and, and that and is that's, not true about anything yeah. that's said on this podcast True. and I find myself sometimes on the board like I won't say something because I, I don't want it to seem like I'm coming from like a position of authority yeah uh, or, or like that what I'm saying could have any semblance of truth to it yeah because uh, like you're saying yeah it, it, if I like for me when if I read something and it had some moderator next to their name uh, I would think okay this is coming from the the top the top <laughs> and this is a directive you know? yeah uh, but that's why I'm kind of putting that disclaimer out there and I feel comfortable doing that because no one listens. And I can say that, you know, some of the stuff here is not, is, is definitely not coming from people with better sports, but McCuller is a guy that I, you know, he sat out a game this year that he was clear to play in. Yeah. I think it's very clearly his dad had beef with Adams. He's had yes. two, two tweets now that were totally unnecessary. You know, like one was after or during the national championship game talking about, letting guys play. Okay. Yeah. McCuller played like 34 minutes a game. I don't even think that's conjecture. honestly. And then, and then he has another one where like few will know, believe in yourself or something talking about these coaches that he's, his son might play for I me. Mean, that, that was a, 
direct shot at, at Adams. Yeah. In my opinion. yeah. Uh, I don't know what, what their beef is. I mean, um, but as much as I liked McCullough, you know, if I don't, if, if his dad and Adams aren't going to be able to see eye to eye or if, then I don't think we want him on the team. I mean, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. And I think that's goes back to what I like. My whole statement is <clears throat> about being done with college basketball. If Kevin McCuller plays somewhere else, it's not like just about Kevin McCuller. And I think that's kind of where people get like, obviously, you know, Texas tech Twitter is, a, we've talked about it is a really, like we are very online as a fan base. And like you said, that is awesome. Most of the time. Um, but it can kind of, you know, it can bite you. And I think McCuller found that out firsthand and, you know, your, your tweet with my quote in it, I think people were ready to dogpile on the old man, but it's like, this isn't a Kevin McCuller thing. And, and you're right. Like <clears throat> it may be better for the team to move on from Terrence Shannon, from Kevin McCuller, from Malik Wilson, from whoever, you know, the transfers are. Um, and you're, and I think you're right to also, I mean, I, speculate is putting it mildly i think it's pretty out there that the people around mcculler and shannon had problems with what went on under adams and beard too i think you know i i, I just think they weren't happy with the program um and, and and so it's it's like i said earlier i'm okay with the process my fear is like when i'm a person that like when i like something i love something like I go all in. And so it's really hard to go all in knowing that like, this could be a year, a year to year deal. And I don't like going all in on somebody and knowing that like they maybe had offered more money late, you know, next off season. And I'm, and then I'll have to be all out. Like, I don't like that. Yeah. No, I hear you. And I wonder, you know, our, our prior, co- not, uh, not specifically our prior coach, but if Adams, Adams is a unique guy, I think. Yeah. And if he was more like our prior coach, I think he may have been inclined to like beg and plead with McCullers camp and like say what they want to hear. But I don't think Adams does that. I think mm-hmm. he just, he doesn't really care. He's going to tell you what he thinks. He's not going to really sugarcoat anything. And uh, I, the timing of him, you know, going to visit McCuller, uh, probably, you know, hear, hearing, they had a conversation and then very quickly we got Davion Harmon. I think they were an either or thing. Yeah. Um, you know, we moved on from McCuller. I mean, I think yeah. we may have got a directive from them saying, if you get a guy that's going to be a primary ball handler, uh, we're out. And Adam said, okay. Yeah. It definitely seems like the ball handling primary ball handler, point guard, whatever you want to say is kind of the root of all of this. But the, and then of course the irony is I don't think McCuller is going to go to the draft because Otherwise, it would have been in his best interest to kind of not showboat this Gonzaga thing, go to the draft and then remain, you know, in good standing with most tech people. So it seems like he's going to go to one of those two places and he's not going to be the focal point of their offense at either of those places. See, I I think that I still think he might go to the draft. And I think it was a shot at Adams. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Putting out. Yeah, I w- even if I were to come back, it wouldn't be to Texas Tech. But yeah. I do think you bring up a good point is like, think of how we think of Keen- like Keenan Evans or how I think of him. Like, he's probably my favorite. No, he is my favorite Texas Tech basketball player ever. And like, the way we think of him now, like, he- his legend will only grow. 
you know, because he stayed, he went through some like horrible, he was on some horrible teams and then finished his career going to the elite eight. And if he doesn't break his toe or whatever, I think maybe more. Um, and now like, I, I can't think of Terrence Shannon that way. I can't no, think of that way. Like we were on this podcast a few months ago and I was saying like, when I think of Terrence Shannon, I'm going to think of that steel run out dunk that he does every game. It seemed like that's, that, that's not good memories anymore. That's just a guy who played no. here. No, and, I, and, I, yeah. Like I that's, I, hard, that's hard for me. Like, even though I'm okay with NIL, I'm okay with them getting paid. I'm, I'm all of that. That stuff still sucks. Yeah. I, I wish I could be this, you know, take the high road and, but they're dead to me. I mean, <laughs> they're dead to me. Like if they go somewhere, I will actively root for them to do poorly. Yeah. I will find it hilarious if they do poorly. Right. It, does that make me a bad person? I really don't know because this is sports. Like Honestly, me, sports is different than like the rest of life. Yeah. yeah I, no. there is nothing that I hate worse than the, I, I wish, I just wish these guys the best wherever they go. It's like, I, I don't want them to, to, you know, go break their leg, but I don't want them to, to beat Texas Tech at anything. You know, like yeah. I, that's, I, I, I hate like that, like you said, the high road, the high horse. It's just like, I root for Texas Tech. And I guess that, you know, I guess that maybe just what it comes down to is like, I need to root for Texas Tech, the, the jersey, yeah. because the guys in the jersey are just going to change. Um, because what's weird is NBA free agency is like my favorite thing. You know, so I don't, I don't understand. Maybe it's because just the way, like, I come at the NBA knowing every year it's chaos. And I didn't come into college basketball expecting that. So maybe yeah. there was maybe just it'll grow on maybe it'll yeah. grow on maybe it will. It, so with yeah, with Shannon, he's another guy. I was told from somebody who's been wrong and been right that he was cleared to play this year for a good amount of time, and he wasn't. Yeah, yeah. He, he was refusing to play in practice, and we were almost having to beg him to play. But then again, we got Adams, who's a unique guy, and he wasn't going to just beg beg someone right. to play. Yeah, and so yeah. then. Our season, you know, we go play Iowa State. We have everybody has COVID and we lose. And at that point, I mean, things could have gone really poorly from there. We're playing Kansas at home. They're the yeah. national champions. We're playing on the road against the defending national champions. Uh, he's not playing and he's cleared to play from what I heard. Yes. And we win both of those games. I Part of me thinks, I truly believe, if we lose those two games like we maybe could have or should have, that he sits out the rest of the year and transfers enters the portal, maybe even earlier and doesn't play. Because I think in his mind at that point, he was having a somewhat poor season. That was just, you know, the initial being suspended a couple of years, a couple of games, tweaking his back, not playing that well, got other guys playing above him, you know, getting run ahead of him. And, you know, maybe he's thinking his stock is going down. Uh, I, I really honestly think if we don't win those two games without him, he may not play the rest of the year, yeah. but then, then he comes back and the bottom line, I mean, I look, I wish we had Shannon. I wish he was coming back. He was incredible his sophomore year and really his freshman year too. Yeah. Last yeah. year was a bad year for him. Um, when our season was on the line, like Notre Dame has us on the ropes. I mean, they were doing whatever they wanted to us. Shannon is sixth in minutes in that game. Sixth. He, in the, the key possessions down the stretch, Silva's playing and not him. And these massive defensive possessions, He's just not playing. He, and, the, and that's just one game. It happened frequently. It happened yeah. in the Big 12 championship game against Kansas. It happened in the regular season game in Lawrence. 
he would just disappear. And yeah. it's like, because the coach wasn't playing him because the coach thought other guys were giving us a better chance to win. Uh, and it's just, I, I think that should be said. <laughs> like when we're telling the story of Shannon, that's going to be, that's what I'm going to remember, to be honest. And so he, then this, I heard from somebody who is close to the people who pay, who are within the NIL group, that Shannon came back to us recently and asked for a number that was insane for yeah. to stay at Tech, over 500000 And we were just like, uh, no, that's not going to happen. And, and like, part of me also wonders, and, and this could be a new thing going forward, say that Tech Adams, everybody wanted him back. Shannon wanted him back but Shannon had a number he he wanted that maybe even was a reasonable number. If the guys who are writing those checks say, no, we're not taking this guy who went into the portal, who's refusing to play during the season when he's cleared, who's tweeting just things for attention. And he's just overall kind of causing drama constantly. Yeah, We're not yeah. going to pay him. Like th- that could be a situation, the rare situation where two sides, the player in the program want him to come and he, it doesn't happen because of, like pro you know like the guys writing the checks don't want it um it's just a yeah i i think uh i i bottom line i don't want it to be misunderstood because i i don't think we're going to find anyone we're going to find people in the portal better than both of them maybe as good and and maybe they don't even need to be as good just less drama and it and the though the net will be as good or better but right you know so I, I wish they were staying but at the same time if there's if it's not a fit it's not a fit. And I would, we kind of talked about this last night, the history of Texas tech players moving on, whether it be to the next level or to other programs is really bad. Like history. is Yeah. Yes, that's true. I forget about him. Yeah. It's, there is not a very good track record of guys moving on. Um, So it'll be interesting to see, because those are two of the, you know, the more high profile guys. Um, But I don't know if if there almost needs to be a perspective shift. Like, what if scholarships are a year-to-year deal? Or what if like, – I don't know, <clears throat> because I think that's something, like when I talk about how much I love NBA free agency, NBA trade season, I think it's because I know, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. has this much time left. He is a – he's going to be, you know, an expiring contract here. You know, here's his value. Here's draft picks. Here's what we can – you know, here's how, I, you know, how we can gauge his value in the trade market. Here's how we can gauge the value in the, the free agency market because we know <clears throat> these almost limits. Like what if NIL and scholarships were more like that? Like we're giving you a two-year NIL deal, two-year scholarship. You're locked in. After that, we'll see. And that's almost like the portal, there isn't even a portal. It's just like your deal is up. You know, you can renegotiate with tech. You can renegotiate. I think that's part of the the thing that kind of the whole aspect of the portal annoys me. Like, I almost I almost wonder if maybe it's just the wording and it's stupid. But I was trying. I've been trying to think all week. Like, is there something that could be? I think uh, one way, maybe if you really want to try to limit it, as far as the movement and just buying guys, would be maybe one you get one nil deal in your career, like with one program. So if yeah. you're using that one program and you go somewhere else, you can't get paid at that next place. Right. But I don't know. I, don't, I just I, like I said, I like it. I, I mean, I, I mean, as I, long as Texas playing the game, I'm I'm for it. Right. If if we're not willing to p- play the game anymore, and I think it may be a bubble, uh, and maybe like maybe more so of a bubble at Tech than other places, 
because I, part of me wonders if our former coach has kind of created this monster where yeah. you've got, you know, he kind of cultivated a close knit and active donor group and that, and they feel slighted by him or they're upset with him and their reaction is to get some guys to go beat his ass. Yeah. And like, does that erode over time? Uh, I'm not sure, but um, yeah. It's yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's tough for me. Like I said, I, I don't have a problem with the system and these guys, like, I think there was a really good example with just, and everybody said it on Twitter with Justin Ross this weekend with the, with the draft. Like, I mean, he should have been a first round pick and then he has like two spinal fusion surgeries and is a, you know, he's an undrafted free agent. Like it's good that that guy can make some money, you know, while he's in college. Um, and I, I have no problem with that. It's just, it does seem like you said, maybe there's a bubble. I mean, college basketball is kind of a joke. It's like, this is a sport we care about for a month. That's it. You know, other than hardcore fans. And I almost think this, this movement, but maybe you're right. Maybe the movement adds excitement and it gets cultivated year round. Um, but I, I worry about the sport as a whole when, who knows who's going to be on the team every year, but maybe, maybe that's stupid. I don't know. That's just things that I think about when I'm considering all of this. Well, we know uh, we got a big Fardaz AMAC will be on the team. And, and I, you know, I just like this guy just to kind of his story. I posted a little bit about him, but you know, he's uh his dad was a refugee from Soviet occupied Afghanistan and they goes to Canada he then plays a prep year in the Northeast, goes and plays a year at Mercer, transfers to Utah Valley, sits out a year in red shirts, which doesn't happen anymore, you know. Yeah. And then he plays, I guess, two years there. Uh, so he's old. He's kind of, it's just a, seems like the kind of, doesn't seem like there's going to be a whole lot of entitlement with this guy, I wouldn't think. Yeah. Uh, he was um, just like, he was responsible for 637 possessions at utah valley which is just like a staggering amount so we took relied on bryson a ton and he was responsible for 500 of our possessions and we played a lot more games than they did so that like just shows you how often they're throwing the ball into him and when they when you play through a guy that much it's hard to be that efficient and he wasn't particularly efficient but i mean every he was the focal point of every game i mean they're throwing guys at him left and right um and he's not Bryson, like you comparing him to Bryson, but he's not, he doesn't play like Bryson, right? No. I mean, I guess they do the same things, but not in the same way. Um, he, They're both kind of old school, you know, big guys. They've got some like old school stuff to their game. Like you're going to see, you know, he's going to post guys up and bank, he's going to like th- over the shoulder bank shots. And yeah. he, he's, a, he's a surprisingly uh, good passer, I thought. Yes, yeah. Uh, there were um, so he had 600 half court possessions, which so 11 guys in college basketball did that. Paolo Banchero, who's pretty good, uh, Scotty Pippen Jr., Caleb Love, JD Note, um, this guy Maldonado at Wyoming, who's really good. Uh, he scored on 46% of those possessions, which ranks third out of those 11 guys. I mean, he was productive, right. um, and almost all of them were post ups. So he, he attempted 70 jump shots and was in the top 15% nationally points per jump shot, which is great. 
and it'll be interesting to see. His you know, shot looks nice. Like it I, is, haven't, yeah. I haven't watched enough to know, like, does it go in consistently, but it looks like it should. And that's half yeah. the battle. It's like a real simple setup. It's like a set shot. Yeah. Of, it reminds me of a George's Niang who was at yeah. Iowa state. Yeah. Like a guy like that. He had a, a set shot. It's tough to like time up and block, you know, yeah. Uh, when yeah. he's that tall and he, he shoots it without jumping. Um, only, only three guys, six, 10 or taller played 80% of their team's minutes. And one of those was Banchero at Duke. Amac was the other one. It, crazy good rebounder. Um, I mean, he's, yeah, he's a really big, important piece that we, that we added for sure. What do you think about uh, Harmon? I love Harmon. I was worried, you know, that we were somewhat slow playing him. I don't know that we were or not. Um, maybe we were just waiting for some waiver to come through. You know, he's I think my description of him, he's kind of like a left-handed Clarence who's yeah. good at basketball. <laughs> that sounds, that doesn't sound like a compliment for, for Harmon. That is a compliment. He's got a lot of the components of Clarence. He's just like a bulldog. Yeah. Um, he's not quite like the, you know, quote unquote, pure point guard that people maybe are hyping him up to be but like compared to last year's roster he he is yeah uh, but he's just like a tone setter type like we're not gonna have trouble getting the ball across half court anymore right like, like mccullough's not gonna be dribbling off his foot anymore like yeah Harmon, he's short very very you know low center of gravity um nobody's gonna be taking the ball from him uh he's a very 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 good in transition and so hopefully we'll be trying to you know, unleash that part of his game. And like for, for kind of the prototype squatty uh, point guard, who's like really, really physical, they don't tend to be good shooters, but he, he had a good shooting season last year. Yeah. So that's um, yeah. He can get to the rim. Um, he kind of creates a lot of shots at the rim for, for, for guys. Um, he's yeah. I think that's, I'm, we're going to love him. Like we were, our fans are definitely going to love him. Yeah. He did. He does seem that. Like just kind of the the few things that I've seen and watched of him, it just he seems like honestly the Clarence comparison is good. I just was giving you a hard time, but yeah, the, the thing like, about Harmon, I mean, he he was in a loaded DFW like high school class. Yeah, he, like there were people that thought he was maybe the best player. Yeah, and oh, I, yeah I, remember, I remember that. Yeah, I remember watching. I watched a Jamias Ramsey game, and he and Harmon just ate his lunch. Yeah, just the whole game. That that added like he goes out to embarrass the other team, which I am always a fan of that attitude. And then I guess the other big news is uh, O'Banner stays. I mean, yeah, that's he, he's due to he's due to make like forty eight three pointers in a row too. So that's why I'm glad <laughs> we got it back. It's partly part of me wanted Shannon to come back because I kind of thought he was like due to figure something out and, yeah. and play. 10 times better than he did last year. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of thinking, you know, O'Banner was, was great last year, but he, his, he had that, this terrible shooting season, like for his standards. So, I mean, he, I think he, that just can't continue. I, I really truly think he's going to be, you know, he could easily be back to making 48% or some crazy number of his threes. And hopefully having a guy like Harmon and whoever else we might add, will create more of those shots for him. And also he uh, he's going to be a big beneficiary of AMAC. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. AMAC yeah. is a really, really, really good passer. I'm yeah. telling you. And he's so, going to draw doubles. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, because I always thought Santos Silva was a really good passer for who, you know, 
just like he had soft hands and we see that now as he's trying to play tight end, but he just, he just didn't have the offensive game enough to really warrant guys running at him to where he could find, like he did a few times, but you know, to find guys in the corner. And I think you'll see that with AMAC. Um, the last thing we wanted to talk about, and if you're not done with basketball, let me know, but we did want to hit a few football notes. Sure. Um, I mean, for one, we've talked about this before, and I think you agree with me, but correct me if I'm wrong. The recruiting stuff, like what McGuire is doing right now is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and yeah. I, think, I mean, we've talked about it a few times, like without playing a game, you know, without, you know, as a head coach, you know, without really having much to point to being like, Hey, look at this, come join this. Like it's mostly just, he created this momentum out of nowhere and he's pulling guys from places where we historically don't have success and they seem totally locked in. Um, and it's just, it's honestly just incredible after the, the past six years or whatever decade, really. Yeah. No, it, it's extremely impressive. I I'm, it just blows my mind that we've got, a defensive lineman from Southeast Texas and another interior defensive lineman from Natchitoches, Louisiana. I mean, those are just like Lubbock might as well be, you know, the, the Gobi desert compared to when, when you just growing up there, I mean, tech is not really on the radar of anybody. Yeah. Um, It's a, it's always kind of been a tough sell I thought. And, but yeah, not for McGuire. Nope. Um, Actual football stuff. Um, what'd you think of the spring game? Anything to take from that? I, I, I think spring and the spring game is mostly overrated. Um, but what'd you think? I, I watched it. I didn't have a ton of takeaways. It was only the first half and, um, I wish Chuck didn't throw it to the other team. I don't know if, um, I don't think the goal line one maybe wasn't that big of a deal, but the first one <laughs> looked to be possibly, although McGuire did try to, hedge a little bit and say maybe the receiver that you know the defensive back wanted it more than the receiver um, but you know my my thought we'll, we'll talk a lot about football eventually but um, we need I'm worried about our schedule I think we have a tough schedule yeah, I think it's yeah. historically tough for tech um, based on our history we really need to do well in the non if we want to go to a bowl game we typically need to win three non-conference games we're going to be huge underdogs in one already we need to have a quarterback that is playing well yeah um, and so, see, um, I I almost I'm more worried about the goal line one than I was the other one because the goal it was so unnecessary. Like it was a it was a RPO. Like if you get this look, if this guy gets open, pull it and throw it. You know, I don't know if there was a, an exact read there. And so that guy, you know, there was a free rusher off the edge. That's the quarterbacks, and yet Shuck still went through the entire motion, which got him in trouble to where he was either going to get sacked, but instead, like, just take the sack. But no, he throws it to the like, – there was just, like, 14 wrong decisions in a row. Like, just hand it off. If you're not sure, hand it off. Oh, well, you're going to pull it? Well, pull it early so you can either get the ball out or you can run. And then then just take the sack. Lay down. Nope. I'm going to throw it. To, like, there was just, just – he, his bad decisions just started compounding. And that's what worries me because I think that's what we saw before he got hurt last year. I think the first one was an RPO too. And the and a run play would have picked up yards. It was actually kind of a cool play. We, we've run a 
crazy amount of RPOs at Tech the yeah. last couple of years, but I don't recall many where the run option is a draw play. And yeah. That, and that first one, it was a draw and it would have worked, but that'll be, yeah, that's probably a little Kitley um, thing. But yeah. Even then, the, the part of the reason it was picked is because you're, you know, you're running a, the outside guys running a hitch and the, the slot is running a fade. And when the corner <laughs> doesn't bail, <laughs> you just either, you, you kind of, you throw it to where only your guy could catch it and, and miles price there. And you, I think you could see, Miles Price gets frustrated when he sees that corner sit on the stop and Miles Price flies by him and he realizes that shut just through a pick six. You can see Miles Price body language being like, what is happening? Like this, he even thought it was an easy read, I think. But I'm just I'm you're not as worried as I am. Um, I'm worried. Are you kidding me? Oh, I mean, well, we're talking about like our season. I'm going to have a very pessimistic people are probably going to hate on me as we get more into football. I guess what I think our win total will be. I guess I should say you are convinced that Shuck is going to be the starter no matter what on opening day against Murray State. I don't that worry. I guess that I'm not so sure about. I he just didn't look good, and I and I I started this by saying spring game doesn't mean a lot. It didn't look good, so I I think I don't know. I'm just worried. And I guess you are too. So that's nice to hear. <laughs> but Pierre, you're right. I have seen the ho- the horrible things that you have sent me via text messages about our over under and win totals, and people are going to hate you. That is 100 percent accurate. <laughs> yeah, I was today. I think campaigning to get our schedule changed, like to bring in U of H and Central Florida to blow up our schedule. Yes, you. You uh, that, that's pro- that's probably a pipe dream. Yeah. We did have some questions that we solicited from like the, two months ago. The good members of Red Air Sports, the first one. And, and I'll just say, if you got an answer, spit it out. If not, I'll, I'll answer. Uh, this one's from Fight Raiders Fight. How do I get in the RRS staff text thread without becoming a staff member? Honestly, you don't want that. My advice would be to somehow try to hack. Ben Golan's phone, which would be extremely difficult. He's very vigilant in fighting. Oh, is it? I mean, he gets gets more spam thrown at him on Twitter and people trying to hack him than anyone I've ever met. But he he fights him off. But is he susceptible is my question. Possibly. Another one would be to buy like a really expensive camera and go to tech events and take photos. That might help. Or yeah, yeah. possibly just get on, just tweet a lot of eye emojis. The eye emojis will do it. That is for sure. Yeah, I've, I've learned that. That's they kicked me out of the text because I didn't tweet enough eye emojis. So yeah, learn from that mistake. Next one is from Oklahoma Red Raider. Oh, and this one is, is relevant. Discussion of what goes on behind the curtain between the eyeball emojis, teasers, and dissemination of information. Who sets the information filters and why? I don't know what's going on with the eye emojis. I don't understand that. I don't do it. That's beyond the scope of this podcast to answer. That's yeah. going to, you're going to have to go to the top to get to that. I don't know. Um, dissemination of information. I mean, Golan is kind of the gatekeeper of disseminating information. That is so true. Yeah. He's the one that says when 
He says post. We say how often. (laughs) We say we need to talk to level. He says, let me hear what it is. I'll decide whether that's level worthy or not. Next one is from Whitlock safety. Predict the teams in the NBA finals. Not the Mavericks and um, the Bucks. Okay. And then he make the case for tech to get to eight wins in football. We'll save that one because we'll have a lot of time to talk about football. Yeah. This one is from a string of numbers and letters that uh, don't make sense. And it's not a question. It just says psychedelics. It's three tech, three TX. That's how he feels listening to us talk. That's what I assumed. No good. 1989 just posts conference realignment. Um, I mean, that's a, we can, we can get into that one too later in the, in the dark days of. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Also, Warriors Bucks. Uh, so your suggestions. This is from Cusilier. Your suggestions, speculations on a new look Big 12's media strategy for TV and streaming rights. Uh, I mean, I guess it'll be something. I wouldn't be surprised if something streaming, you know. I hope it is. Like, I would like to see some creativity. And, and that that would mean you'd need a partner. But it would be interesting to see the big 12 say like, we're going to be the first league to do this. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see that. Yeah. But in the bottom lines, we're going to make a lot less than everybody. Well, not everybody, but big 10 sec, and which so, we already are. So who yeah. Cares? Next one, charcoal Cody. The, he wants us to discuss the Peloponnesian war 32 hours, Dan Carlin style. I know you're, you're working on that. Yes. Yes, I am. Uh, Mr. Okay. Root. Mr. Root would like us to address the impact of elevated concession costs on America's middle class. Mr. Root. Thoughts there? Uh, I think the, the America's middle class has more to worry about than <laughs> rising concession costs, <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> Jay, Jay Bauckham says, and I think he's talking to me here. You're good enough to do a podcast like RJ Bell and Steve Fezzik. I, I appreciate the compliment. Unfortunately, um, those guys are scam touts. Uh, I don't don't like those guys. They're gambling personalities. Um, I think they're kind of hucksters. Um, you is, know he, is it like an Art Bell podcast? Like RJ Bell, he's like a he's just a gambling guy. He, oh. it, 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 he actually, Not I think coast he, coast. he does appearances on Double T 97.3 occasionally, which huh. triggers me. To no end. Yeah. Do you like, like any? Do you like any gambling content? Because I asked you about Warren Sharp. I guess you said you liked him, but you don't like what he does. I like Warren Sharp is relatively sharp, but yeah. he does things that don't make sense. He tweets edges, like for example, he tweeted the um, national anthem before the Super Bowl exactly how much time it was, and so the market just there was no way to make money on that prop. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I'm a fan of his, but he started tweeting out TikToks during the draft, and so I may quickly change my opinion. There are some if you we yeah if there's a couple of podcasts. There's one called if you really want good gambling content. There's a podcast called Circles Off. Um, it's it's a guy named Rob Pizzola. That one's really good. There's one called Bet the Process with Rufus Peabody. He's kind of a gambling guy, and then the other guy on that is Jeff Ma, who is the he was the inspiration behind that movie, 21, the blackjack card oh, yeah. counter. 
And then there's uh, another one called Be Better Betters. Those are the three that are worth listening to. Um, let's see. Jay Cobb, this is the history and future of the triple option. A podcast. <laughs> Tech ran some triple option, honestly, in the spring game. Um, there was some, you know, modern triple option, the zone read to bubble screen type stuff. Um, but that sounds like a good idea for you. So two Raiders sons, what we know about Tech's position in the current NIL pecking order. So I, I've got some thoughts on this one. Yes. I mean, I've already said on basketball, we're, we're up there. I mean, we're we good with basketball. Very yeah. competitive in basketball currently. I don't know how long it lasts, but we are very, very competitive. I think our the new collective, the Matador Club, I believe. Yeah. Um, I think with baseball, we're going to be in the top, very, very close to the top with that because of how we're paying everybody equally. Yeah. So our, our baseball player will get the same money from that collective as our starting quarterback. Now, our quarterback might make something beyond that, but still, I don't think a ton of D1 programs are going to be paying their baseball players the way that we might be. Yeah. Football, I don't, I don't know about football. I mean, if Joe, the with McGuire's personality and his ability to get players, um, if we all he has to do is win. Yes, that was exactly I, what I was about to say. I have a feeling we will be pretty competitive there, especially after conference realignment, and we're, you know, um, in a newish a, a new Big Twelve where we could easily be one of the highest banked teams in the new Big Twelve. I think that's where Lubbock, like if you look at the the towns in that new Big Twelve. I think that's where Lubbock comes in and, and is helpful as well because we've seen it with the basketball program. But if you win and you have some success, everyone wants to be a part of that. Every business, every restaurant. And so that, that can only help. Addicted Pony posts testicle tanning, Unabomber, LSD, CIA connection, the Dilatov, hope I'm saying that right, pass oh, incident, and birds are real. Yeah, the, the Detlef Pass incident is – I've listened to a bunch of stuff on that, um, <laughs> which shouldn't surprise anybody. <laughs> it's These hikers went out into like is – it, was it Germany? Hold on. Uh, and yeah, they went out to – or Russia uh, into the Ural Mountains. Yeah, so and, – and there was these – they had a campsite, and all of a sudden something happened. And they were found months later in various stages of undress and, you know, frozen to death, basically, if I remember all that correctly. Um, but it is a it's very interesting. Um, so yeah. I'm a big birds aren't real guy. They're very clearly not real. That, that one is <laughs> what it what is that like? The uh, it is Russia. Oh, what is it? that's where like the birds control the weather and stuff, or like they spy they're, on they're drones, they're government drones. Yeah, uh, Emory, Emory, I Lee. just like I like the marketing, like yeah. birds aren't real, like that. I like that. You don't need to know anything else. Emory Lida, I don't, I've talked to him a lot, I don't know that I know how to say his name. Emory Lida, rude, the great emu war which I'm not familiar with. I'll have to get, I'll have to read up on that. I have heard that before, that name. Um, I mean, the emu just makes me think like it has, it, it had to have took, taken place in Australia, but I don't know. I, emus, I'm not in on emus. So I probably won't be going into that. And then the last one is from Raider Seymour. Why on earth Matt Gardner collects a paycheck? 
probably, I mean, he's our pitching coach. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we talked about that a little before we got on here. The baseball they're, team is weird. Um, they're winning right now. Yeah, they, they came back. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's a down. It's uh, not that what we're accustomed to, but um, I mean, we we seem we definitely struggle outside of our top two guys, but you can go really far if you if you can win on Friday and Saturday. I think yeah, that's the thing is you have to, and I think you saw it in that TCU series. Like you can't, we have no margin for error. Like if you don't play well Friday and Saturday, you're in a lot of trouble. The thing what's somewhat unfortunate is that Birdsell is one of the best three, four, five pitchers in college baseball right now. I mean, he's just he looks like Babe Ruth. He, he's huge. He doesn't like, it doesn't look, pitchers don't typically look like that. And he's got to be extremely intimidating to, to face. And, and Morris has got, has, has really started to pitch well too. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Baseball, they, I mean, they still got a, they still got a chance to win the conference. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's nice to be in a down year and have six conference games left and have a path to, to win it. I don't, I don't, baseball's weird to me. Like, I don't understand. So like, like you said, it seems like there's been a lot of hand-wringing over the pitching staff for, for good reason. And yet, like you said, we still have a chance to win the conference. So does that just mean like our ceiling is lower? Like college world series is out of the question. Like, I don't well, understand. Not, baseball's a funny thing. I mean, we, we could go two weeks and win our first, first two games of right. each week based yeah. on our, the type of arms we can throw in those first two games. And if you, if that happens, you're probably going to go to the college world series. Now, is it likely to happen? No. Are we going to have to probably play away from Lubbock for the first time in a long, long time? Yeah. Um, yeah. We've got some, some holes for sure. Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> I missed one J and J farms. This is a, maybe a, I don't know how we do this, but do a listener voicemail pod so we can all call in and ask t beetles what his deal is <laughs> get in line okay, but we gotta, uh, i don't know if there's a way to of course that always kind of turns into just a shit show when people <laughs> call in this we could probably the easiest way to do it is like do a voice memo on your phone and send it to me and we'll just respond to it like yeah. <laughs> instead of doing like a zoom call I think Ben and Claire tried to do that some. Maybe it's Dickens. Total disaster. What happened to their? Everybody talks crap on our podcast. Where that? Where are they at? Yeah, you know they were a recruiting pod, and we're they they have no excuses now. I honestly, it's almost like Joey McGuire called those two out. Like, oh, you you think you don't have enough to talk about to do a recruiting podcast? Yeah. Well, we had Wells. They were doing it every four days. Yeah, a podcast. Maybe, maybe they're, they're just over overwhelmed paralysis. Not, not by analysis, just by sheer number of, you know, amount of recruiting information. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's true. Go after those two, not us. That was all the questions. That's it. Well, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I just vomited into the microphone since we haven't really talked in a couple of months. So I hope that was somewhat coherent. Yeah. We'll see you all next month. All right, later. Walked into the spot from here, it's potable. These nerds nerd out a lot. If you
baby Tigner But you walked into the spot From here is potable Taylor.